Hello and welcome to a special Sporting Limerick uh, podcast um, with Steve and Lucy back by popular demand um, just with the week that's in it. having Limerick having reached their first minor football final in 23 years, I think. Um, somebody who was on the pitch that day and who is involved in the background as the doctor um, at present. Uh, we said it'd be a good time to touch base for and rekindle small memories from back in '98, and talk about the current 2021 team. Before we get on to you, Stephen, uh, a quick sore reminder, maybe, of how '98 went um, in Simple Stadium that day. Coming it into the space, Eddie Scully is after it. Here's a chance, and it off the crossbar. It was Mark Hayne, in fact, and that was a chance. Comes back to Colum Hickey. And that is sent wide. When we look at it again, the second time round, I think you just might see it hit the back of the stanchion at the net. It did indeed fly into the net, come back off the post at the back. That was a legitimate goal for Limerick. Ronan O'Connor. The flowing blonde locks sends that ball down towards his full forward. Again, it's Brian Geary. He's under pressure to hold possession. Here's a chance for Kerry. And that's a shot that's landed in the back of the net. It's so simple when Kerry begins to play. They transform a game as quick as you can click your fingers. And this was how it was done. With the two corner forwards combining Ronan O'Connor feeding Kevin Lynch. And the goalkeeper Sean Lyons had no chance in stopping it. Well taken. Deep ball inside. Perryman has come. The goalkeeper comes out. And that's in the back of the net. Willie Kelly, the Limerick half forward was half back was cut out of position. Kyle Pinelli crept inside. And once the goalkeeper decided to come, you could see the danger coming. Pinelli got the touch, flicked it past John Lyons, and Limerick now are in trouble. So Stephen, um, I'm sure it brings back memories, um, good and bad. But uh, goal aside, blatant goal aside, which wasn't allowed. Uh, when we come to that, what what were your memories back of that um, championship? Uh, it's a long time ago, Pat. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks, and it's great. It's great. It's it's nice to revisit that. Um, trying to remember the uh, who was on the team and the management and so on. And you sent it on to me today, so it brought back even further memories. Um, beating Cork in the semi-final was a highlight. We beat Cork in the minor football in 2000 and, uh, or in 1998. We beat them in the under-21 in 2000, and we beat them in the senior in 2003. So, you know, that to me, I never had any fear then playing the likes of Cork uh, after that and having played Kerry in two minor finals and competing with them for a few years at senior we never had any fear playing them so that's why i'm excited for this bunch playing um next week um that they have an opportunity here now not to try and get overawed if they could take it's you know you just grasp grasp the opportunity you know carpe diem as dave billings used to say to me and used to say seize the day like you know so that just brought me on to on to, on to this week but back then um i remember i was uh doing the leaving certain in the tutorial we weren't supposed to play any sports in those years, so I had to sneak around. Uh, we were in school from 9 until 5 o'clock and studied from 7 until 10 and from 9 until 5 on a Saturday. So I was bringing my gear bags 
I'd have to hide them in uh, Sean O'Brien's shop or South's bar and then collect it and go up to Mary I and train. And we used to have football training on a Saturday. And Pat O'Shea from Kerry was our coach down in, we used to train in Peafield uh, in Monlean. And um, I remember the training being very long, about 90 minutes and very, very hard. He was the only coach that ever made me get sick during a training session. Um, but I remember it, he was one of the greatest coaches I ever had. Himself and Donny Buckley were the two greatest coaches. The specifics, the individual coaching, the tactical side of it, even at that early days, bringing in basketball, body positioning, using your man to push off uh, from a defending and an offensive point of view. So um, beating Cork and the, the after that, you know, at the end of that match was, was huge. The frustration and, how would I put it, anger at that goal not being given and then just a feeling of being hard done by and kind of, you know, what might have been. They were yeah. the feelings. Yeah, like, look, the big day, the, day, the days against the the bigger teams, we'll call them, uh, the Kerrys and Corks of this world, like, you, you do need not only luck, but you, you certainly don't need bad luck. And that was incredibly bad luck for, for the Marcolan one. And you, you speak about the, the Pat O'Shea. Just looking at that clip there, it looked like there was almost a sideline move that came in. A lot of the players went to one side of the field and all of a sudden Mark kind of wheeled away the classic backdoor cut that they're talking about nowadays the whole time and was in a goal. So it would have been a massive moment for the team. Can you still remember it on the pitch or, or you were probably the other end of the field? Like, was there a kind of a disbelief or? No, I can't, I can't remember. I was a sub that day. I can't remember. Like, it's so far back. I just, yeah. I just, just literally remember that is my only memory of that match is that goal. Because probably we were talking about it for 20 years since. But I can't remember anything else from that game except that. I came on the second half. But, um, yeah, that, that was it. In relation to the backdoor cut, well, I think that was a move that we worked on. Again, I can't remember it. I know yeah. Liam Collins worked on that. We had a couple of uh, set play moves that did, we did get joy from. We did score some goals. We did score some points uh, from throw-ins and sideline moves uh, in the years that followed. So, potentially, yeah, we could have done one there, yeah. And I was just looking there today, 97, actually, that was 98. 97 Limerick actually were in the minor final as well um, and were well beaten by Kerry. But the 98 team, looking through it, John Galvin, Jason Stokes, Conor Fitz, Captain Con, as you call him, Conor Milan, um, yourself. Um, a lot of the team who togged out that day, and even Kerry had a few, Mark O'Shea, Paul Galvin came on. Like, a lot of those guys went on to play in that 2000 All-Ireland final against Tyrone and not the senior, like, was... Do you think it was the start of something when, when he came together, he beat Cork and, and he kind of had a taste for the big time a small bit in that Munster final and well, it helped? What I would say back then is there was a plan put in place for Limerick underage at that time uh, in both hurling and football. I know John Landers was heavily involved in it and others, like possibly Donald Fitzgibbon um, and more. Like I, I, I don't want to name fellas or not name fellas because I'm not sure. The creation of the under-16 football tournament that was sponsored and spearheaded by the Woodlands mm. was a big thing. So that was my first time ever playing with Limerick in 1996. Uh, we played the tournament. We lost to Cork County just by like two points. I think we played them in uh, in, in Croom, actually. And then we went on, and I don't know that we played two matches or one matches, but we either beat Waterford or Clare in the final, the B, the Shield final in, in Adair. So that, that, you know, kind of, it wasn't a, full-on academy like what takes place now. I don't think anywhere, any, any county had anything like that back then. But that definitely brought more organisation and more structure to football in Limerick. 
And um, it, it fed into those minor teams then, 97, 98, because there was that bit more organization. There was two, a couple of other things then. Um, you had a lot of dual players playing then, and uh, there was good quality dual players, and they played both equally. And the, the, the last thing then, or sorry, there was two more, actually, three altogether. Yeah, there was very, very uh, tall, strong players back then. I think John Galvin, John Lydon, Brian Geary, um, Jason Stokes, like massive fellas all over the place. To 1917, Timmy Carroll, like there was loads of tall lads, Conor Milan, like loads. So size, physically, we were very tall. I remember it was commented on in 2000 in the under-21s how tall and big a team we were. So that doesn't help, like, you know, having that size and strength. And the last thing then was characters and leadership. Like you, you, uh, you can't coach that into fellas so much. Like you kind of have that either you have leaders and char characters or you don't. And we had a lot that in spades uh, through those teams, you know. Yeah, yeah that no, carried yeah. into you know it carried into the twenty ones football and the twenty ones hurling. There was a, you know there was a lot of lads there across both panels, and I think both panels definitely drove each other on in those early noughties, you know, as well. Yeah, and it's actually funny that you mentioned it because there's there's obviously a lot of similarities between some with what some of the things you've said about your team. Um, 23 years later now, we're in, heading into 2021 um, Munster Minor Football Final. This year's group have done fantastically well. You're talking about structures. They were one of the first teams in, in the, the, the new, we'll say, academy to win a title. They won an under-15 title up in Abbottstown. Um, there was hope for them. Um, and they've carried it through and they've performed at minor level. They have some big players um, around the middle, the two midfielders, the half-hour line, quite tall. You mentioned your team are quite physical as well. So there's there are some similarities. Look, you've been doing doctor for the recent Munster Championship games. What are your what are your takeaways from being involved and so close to the setup? Well, on observation, I am very impressed. I'm very impressed with the players, the way they carry themselves. You know their their um, their game sense. You know their decision making on the field. I'm very impressed with their skill set. Like I watched them trying to carry ball out of defence, and when a, a couple of defenders come towards them, they're able to switch hands and give a perfect hand pass off their bad hand. I've, that's one thing I did see because I often, you'd often see hand passes going astray or a weak or strike off the left hand. You know, if you're a right-handed player and just being blocked or knocked away, none of that is happening. Um, I'm impressed with, you know, the, the the size of them as well. I can't get over how tall they are. And no doubt with more strength and conditioning over the next few years. And if they go on to the emerging talent squad, then they'll develop further with that and hopefully bridge the gap up to the 20s and onto senior. I really, really have a lot of hopes for this group. But, you know, as with all clubs, all sports, the age you kind of lose fellas at is kind of, you know, 16 up towards 21. There's lots of other things going on in life. So the proof will be in the pudding and only time will tell. Um, what else? I'm very impressed with the management. They, they they work very well together. Obviously, I'm on the sidelines, so I'm able to see it all. And um, yeah, I'm very impressed. You know, I just really, really am. Like I hadn't seen, obviously with the pandemic, you wouldn't be involved in any, any of their matches and uh, the trainings and stuff like that. And I hadn't seen them, but I had heard good reports. Andrew Lane had been speaking highly of them. And um, yeah, I'm impressed with what I've seen. Um, and I really hope that, you know, it's it's important that we do we get, we give a good performance. It's important for the county. It's important for football in the county. It's important for them and their development as well. You know, it really, really is. And I really, really hope that they give a good account of themselves. That there's no, they don't, they're not nervous and don't play within themselves. The first quarter against Clare the other night, they played within themselves. They backed off. 
instead of pushing up and squeezing up and putting the pressure on. When they did that against Clare, they got a lot of joy. You know, they had the, a bit of the aid of a slight breeze in that first half. But once they did push up, they gained more confidence. They got more possession because when they sat back a bit, Clare kind of dominated them. So I think they should go for, go for it. Like, you know, just throw the, roll the dice and go for it is what I was saying to the lads. Um, just prior to the, the semi-final against Clare, actually, I was um, I was chatting to ref. And the one thing I noted against Tipperary, and I was really impressed, it was they're, they're so comfortable in their own skin. Um, but the players and the management seemed really comfortable. They knew what they were about. They didn't really panic at any stage, even there were the stages of games where they went out of it completely. You mentioned the first quarter against Clare. I was watching going, oh, we could be in for a long night here because Claire were on the front foot and there was a few mistakes. But at no stage did you really feel a level of panic um, amongst the, the, the team or the players. And obviously you could see it from the sideline that there was none there. Like that certainly helps an age group where something goes wrong and it can kind of go downhill very quickly. So is that something that you have seen? Yeah, I, two things. Um, the first thing is I felt they were very, very well coached. They all knew their role. Paul O'Connell had a great saying that he said to us, you were there that, that day uh, we, when we played Westmead a few years ago, know your job and do your job. So I felt that they knew their job and they did their job. The second thing then is I felt that there was presence. Some players or most of the players had a presence about them. That was a phrase that Pat O'Shea said to us back in 98. You've got to have presence on the field. You know, what, whatever form that means, whether you're exuding confidence or you're just focused and well-drilled and doing the right thing, I don't know. But the word presence struck, struck me when the chips were down or when the right pass made to be made or making a burst past a couple of tackles. There was a lot of lads putting their hand up, not one. Not two star players, but a lot of them, and in different parts of the field. So that struck me, and I was very impressed by it. Yeah, I suppose it's the classic exuberance of youth. Like it just things when things start going well, everyone wants to be part of it, and everyone wants to be involved. And you could really see that in the second half. There was just green jerseys just flying from all over the pitch. You had cornerbacks carrying the ball. They were ending up in the half forward line. You you had fullbacks. Um, the lad from Belly Brown there, who was making bursts up the field, and it's great to see. Um, and just on that as well, like I suppose you have the traditional teams like the, the Fader Casey's and the Moleans who, who make up the majority of the panel. But it's always fantastic to see the lads from Belly Brown. And this is not to degrade it or anything, but like when it's a foot, it's a hurling club, obviously, and they're fantastic at what they do in hurling. But it's always great to see lads from those clubs. And you've led full back from Belly Brown and the full forward Rory Cronin from, from a hand. Like it's it's always great that. You see these guys at, on a big stage being able to produce it, and especially uh, Rory, who's um, actually seems is a, a basketballer with Ireland. Uh, and it was just, it was great to see something different. Like he brought, I was just, I commented to Andrew afterwards, like that it was like the Clare lads were a bit un, unsettled by him because of his different attributes that he obviously brought from the basketball. And it's something you'd have seen up along as well with lads like John Galvin and even Jeremy Staunton the year he played with the minors, like. It's great to see lads from other sports, you know, throwing their lot in with the football for while they can. Yeah, and Stephen Kiley there from uh, Monolene, I think he plays rugby with uh, one of the Munster squads as well. So, yeah, they bring all that. As you, as, you, as the sports science says, uh, players, you should try and play multiple sports and then specify then a little bit older. But um, they definitely complement their skill set and bring it on a bit. But sure, that sheer size and that basketball ability and be able to move around, 
I I can't speak highly enough of what John Galvin uh, brought to us. Like it's it was there for all to see, but there's just the specifics of it. You could see it in every move he was making, the basketball, the way he's holding the ball over and getting it over defenders, and then make it shimmy, and then a bounce or a long bounce or a dummy bounce. He faint one way and bounce the other way, and he'd be gone. And the long strike, like if he can bring that to the table, and if he stays coming to the football show, it, it, it all goes well for the future for Limerick. It can only benefit it. Mm. Um, after the match Friday night, what were the obviously saw a few pictures that you you threw up yourself and uh, just obviously you get a sense through TG Carr's coverage of just the general kind of elation at, at the final whistle. Like, but what was it like with the players, their families, the coaches? Oh, sure, yeah, they were delighted. They were all delighted. So, like, I was chatting to some of the lads beside me initially. They were, you know, they were talking about 98 because they, they, they remembered, they were asking. And uh, just over the far side, so all the families were on the far side of the field. So all the players walked over, clapping and embraced their family and their friends and chatted to them and took some photos. And that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And um, the management were chatting and someone took a photo of some of the management and... Uh, and then the lads went over and got one of those big ice boxes and dumped it on top of <laughs> Coach Lane or Coach Andrew Lane. Oh, oh very American. Oh, very American. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think he enjoyed that too. You know, he's yeah. put an awful lot into them, as has Kevin, as has the rest of them. So, yeah. um, you know, it's nice to it's nice to get that recognition and the lads appreciate. I'm sure the lads and their families appreciate all the stuff that the players, or sorry, that the management and the coaching team have done for them over the years, you know? So, yeah. It's- Credit all round. I have to say now, I'm hugely impressed by everybody in that setup, from the back room to the players, everybody. Yeah, and it's look, it's a lot of hours, a lot of unseen stuff that goes on, especially at under 17 minor level, because there's so much more attached to it than there is up along, and it's it's fantastic that everyone involved got rewarded because it can, we've all been there. You put a lot into it, and it doesn't guarantee anything. So they really have to obviously embrace the fact that they've gotten they've gotten the two championship wins and celebrate the fact that they're getting to a monster final and without getting too lost in the moment like but you have to enjoy these moments you know you i remember when you finished up saying about the journey is is as important as any of the medals that are won like and it certainly will probably be a night and a, a journey that a lot of these players will will remember for a long time in their families and you mentioned about Cusick Park and the families there, and I was lucky enough to be in Gaelic grounds for the, the, the quarter final against Tipperary and the noise. There's there's something about underage games. There's just that little bit more kind of buzz around the place when things go well because it's so unusual. Like people don't really know what they expect. So when something goes well, it's like everyone gets involved. And I do see that there the the the, the final obviously is on in Simple Stadium next Wednesday, and the capacity has been talked about around four thousand maybe being allowed to go to it. So. Like how fantastic would it be if another couple of hundred more Limerick supporters were there on the night to get behind the the, the leads? Ah, it'd be brilliant. Like you, you really need. I we played Kerry back in was it 2004 in the replay, and I don't know was there 40,000 down in Fitzgerald Stadium. You'd never see a crowd like it before since at, at a Limerick football game. So for these young guys, I would say anyone who's who's around next next Wednesday, I'd you know um, encourage them to go along and offer their support. Like the hurlers are on the crest of a wave. Fingers crossed they do the business against Waterford up in Dublin this weekend. Um, but in relation to the footballers, if anyone is around, please go and support them. Like their friends, their family, their clubmates would, would be there. But like anyone who has an interest should go along. They're definitely worth your support and your encouragement. Like they're they're doing uh, themselves, their families, their clubs. Huge credit. Like I'm very, very impressed. Like I haven't come across a team 
you know, in football terms, as impressive as this. You know, the, um, the senior footballers now have been doing fantastically well this year and last year, but this group now are, 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 are a different team to what I've seen in the last few years now. So I've, 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 I've you know, I'm very, very hopeful, and um, please God, we'll get a lot of support there. And just go back to something you touched on about the um, the academies, and and obviously Paul Knurk has been involved there. For the last seven years, probably, and Andrew Lane actually, who's with, who's coaching the uh, the minors along with Kevin as manager and other lads, he's been there throughout as well. Like, it's 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 a kind of a tangible, um, a bit of a success is is the wrong word, but a tangible kind of arrow pointing in the right direction. That, yeah, you know, you're getting to a final now, a minor level, finally for the first time after this long. It's um, you know, it gives it's what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, it kind of uh, reinforces or reinvigorates you, and it's it's a reward almost for your efforts. You know, if you keep, it's hard to keep going back and putting it all in if you're not getting anywhere. I suppose you could say that about a lot of things, really. Like you know, and if you look at the All Ireland Senior Championship, teams train six, seven, eight, nine months, and they could play. So, say for instance, I'm not picking anybody, but Leitrim play, say Mayo or Waterford or somebody would be playing maybe Kerry. You know, and you train all that. And imagine if there's no backdoor. I mean, where's the reward there? Like, I mean, a tangible success breeds success. You know, it gives you further encouragement to stay going. And um, it's hard to stay going if you're losing all the time. Mm. You know, the Limerick team seniors were there for a couple of years and they weren't winning anything. And that was really tough, really, really tough on the management and the players and really hard to keep turning up, you know. So, you know, going back to you mentioned the journey there. You know, we still talk fondly of those that that minor in '98, the under 21s in 2000, 2001, even, and then the seniors, and there are lots of matches, lots of memories, lots of friendships, and lots of funny stories and nights out, and they're the things you cherish and you talk about whenever you catch up again in the future, or if you're on WhatsApp groups and so on and chatting. So I am sure these these lads will have these, uh, you know, these memories, and they'll bring it with them. Even the lads that don't that don't go on and play football in the future, I'm sure they'll they'll carry those memories with them wherever yeah. they be. It, it's funny the, the it's funny to explain to people without trying to be smart about it. But like, uh, and ref, I was chatting to ref about this. Um, obviously, the, from when they play Clare, or sorry, Tipperary the first night, from until they played the final on Wednesday night against Cork, it's a three week window. And people might say, what's three weeks really going to make a massive difference in the in the life lifetime of a of anybody, a footballer, or anything? But when you're in that three weeks and you're living with each other's kind of inside in each other's pockets and you're getting to spend extra time at the training pitch with them and chatting to them about other things, you're not guaranteed those lads aren't talking about football outside of the session, like 10 other things like, but three weeks together in that environment, like it's worth it's weight in gold, isn't it? For like getting that sort of bond together, having maybe a lifetime friendship off the back of it. And, and hopefully from a football point of view, keeping that show on the road even beyond Wednesday night. Yeah, sure, it's a social outlet. You do yeah. stuff because you enjoy it. You know, like people play sport because they enjoy it, their friends do it. You know, you do anything. You go to a concert or a gig because your friends are going. You go on a night out because your friends are going, you know. If it's fun, you know, it, people are more drawn to it. That's why underage sports, like, you have to make it fun. Like, if you don't like something, you're not going to go. You know, if you have bad experiences, I, I was at Keith Ricken, um spoke at the National GA conference recently. And, I, I, you know, I was taking down some notes. He's a very, very good guy, very player centered, uh, the person rather than the athlete or the player. And he what was I going to say again, like um, 
Oh yeah, you'll um, you 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 might remember what said to you or what you're shown in a training, but you'll always remember how you feel, how the coach has made you feel, or how you feel after a session, and that's yeah. that's the same with underage sports in particular. So I hope that the lads are having good experiences, winning experiences, and fun experiences, and that's very important. You know that yeah. goes for all sports. Like I'm sure a lot of coaches would agree with that. Yeah, look, it's massive. It's massive, and. Wednesday night, I suppose. Look, I, I was able to see the second half of the Cork and Kerry game the other night. Um, impressive, very impressive. Like, I know the only one by a point in the end, Cork, but that was a late Kerry rally. Kerry actually missed the free in 21 to level an injury time, but it would have been very harsh in Cork. Um, they were full value, the better team. Very strong, um, big, physical, all over the field. You would kind of expect it off of Cork. They're on a bit of a crest of a wave themselves underage, hurling and football. They seem to have their. Tell me no more, Pat. Tell me no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we have to try and build them up so as much as possible. But look, there, it's 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 a big ask. It's a big ask. But look, it's it's fantastic that you have the opportunity to come up against Cork because it's been, it, it has been a, a few years. Uh, I was down in, I was down a Parky Rin maybe four or five years ago watching my brother play with a minor team who were on a similar crest of a wave, and got a bit of a, a rude awakening on the same night. Um it can happen against Cork. They have that in them. Like if you're if you're if you're chatting if you're one of the if you if you had an opportunity to chat to to any of the Limerick lads players now like what and I'm not trying to put you on the spot but things go wrong in the first five minutes a goal goes in for Cork something goes wrong you lose a man to a black card like like as a Stephen Lucy who's someone who's been through a lot a, a lot of losses unfortunately in finals like but a lot of good performances in finals too like what's your what's your bit of advice for for any of them tea and toast <laughs> tea and toast now I'll tell you about this one as well this is a good anecdote this is another Keith Ricken Ricken so Keen Ricken, uh, he went into the hospital for an operation, and um, now he won't mind saying this because he said this himself in the conference. Yeah. But uh, so he had the operation, and obviously fasting or the procedure, and he's fasting from the night before. So he was starving, and it went on, and he didn't get it done till late in the afternoon. So he'd been starving since midnight the night before. This is pushing on five o'clock the next day. Couldn't wait to eat, and when it was finished, he got out. He was starved, and he was like, "I can't wait for the next thing. The next thing. The next thing is my tea and toast after going through the hardship of what had just gone before." So the tea and toast was just landing in, and then his family landed in. And sure, they started going at the tea and toast, sure, and he sure he didn't have the heart cells, so he left them off. So he, he didn't have it again until he got home, and he absolutely murdered the tea and toast, and it was the best thing ever. But he told the story about Cork and Dublin in the All-Ireland 21 football final the previous year, and he was manager of, and Cork won. Dublin scored like a goal. The goalkeeper, some, there was something happened anyway, and they got an early goal. And uh, the centre-back ran in and sent to the, the goalkeeper, tea and toast. In other words, it was to trying to change his mind from the bad that was ha had just happened or was about to happen and look forward to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So if, as you said, something bad happens in the first few minutes, I, I might tell him the tea and toast story. You won't um, have to run in. You'll be, you'll be able to hear you from the sideline anyway. You could, I well, if we hear over the coverage, <laughs> whoever's covering the game, if we hear tea and toast being roared from the sideline. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, know I know, I know. I know, but if I had anything to say to them, it would be... Just don't have any regrets. Don't yeah. be hiding or afraid. I mean, I you know, I'd probably tell him about how we played Cork, Kerry, or Cork at minor under 21 and senior. We beat them and not to have any fear. And we never have, don't have any fear because fear is like a straitjacket, you know? And yeah. if, you, if, you, if, you, if you let that happen to you, you're not going to be able to do anything. So don't let it become your straitjacket. 
So I just have confidence. I'd also say they need to hold on to the ball for as much as they can early doors. Yeah. And, um, and th- th- you know, like I mean, the management will be saying lots of things, but they'd be just my couple of things that I would say. Yeah. So look, you'd be, I'm sure they're going to be excited Wednesday. I, I get the, pr- the feeling that on the sideline, yourself and a few of the selectors, managers, although we're trying to keep a lid on it, will there'll be excitement in round. And look, it's, uh, we talk about Cork and we talk about the past, like, but it's it's fantastic for these lads at 17 and 16, some of them age years years old, to be looking forward to a massive um, opportunity to show people what they're able to do. Forget about, I heard Kevin saying afterwards, you know, talk about finals, the way they looked at the clear match was it, it was their sixth game. They'd four you took the words games. right out of my mouth. When yeah. you said it's a massive occasion, it's a final, straight away I was shaking my head saying, don't even refer to it yeah. as that. And I've heard that elsewhere, game six, this is game yeah. seven. Yeah. That's, uh, if everybody uses that language, because language matters and it's, it plants a seed. Yeah. So if you start playing the occasion, it's a final, it's final, oh, it's a big, you know, you're yeah. going to get lost, you won't perform, you'll get nervous, you know, mm-hmm. again, or you might get afraid, a straight jacket comes on, you know? Yeah. So that bit, I like the way more, they, they do that, you know. There, there is that bit more in finals, isn't there? There's just there's a there's once once you arrive at the ground, there, there's a bit more um, I don't know activity. There's a bit more stewards. There's a bit more. Yeah, you um, definitely feel that, and they yeah. won't be they won't be used to it as much. Yeah, you know, I don't know how how much car could be used to it either. But look, like it's the, fantastic. They're all and a half, seventeen. Like they're young, like they're kids, really. This is true. Like we're saying about Cork, how how fantastic they and big, big and strong they are. But at the end of the day, they're just sixteen and seventeen year olds, the same as as the Limerick lads who'd be turned exactly. up to the day. Like so, it's it's like I said last week. Sometimes with that age group, it's what side of the bed you roll out of. Like that morning, you know. So, but a massive thing is is enjoying it. I know. I know you're you're trying to park the fact that it's a final. But you also have to let it in a small bit that it's the final, don't you? Like just to kind of feel that kind of atmosphere and feel that bit more energy and electricity around the place. Yeah, I'd say that would come through naturally. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't accentuate it like I'd just let it. I would come, I'd, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll feel that they can't. But, but sure, look, it's very hard for kids that age to block it out. All their friends and their family are going to be talking about it and all this, and they'll be asking for tickets and stuff in the paper and young lads will be curious now because there's a bit of limelight and they might be reading the new listening to the radio um watching the podcast or whatever or reading the papers like so there'll be coverage you know yeah and look it's great for the fellas like darren murray who seems a real leader the captain of the team he was he, he was there last year i was saying that it probably adds a lot kahala mahoney who hopefully will be able to, to talk i know he missed the first game through hamstring and also another leader from from 2020 will say it's look. It mightn't sound like a lot of years' experience, but it's worth a lot for these sort of occasions. And the good thing about the likes of Dara, they seem to be leading by example on the field as much as anything else. Like when when a ball is needed to be won, these are the lads putting their hands up. And to be fair, you're absolutely right. And and Andrew and Kevin have said it as well. They're all looking for the ball, which is a fantastic thing to have in a football team because it's so easy to to give the impression that you're actually looking for it when you're not in reality. But they certainly seem to be a team that are all very comfortable on the ball and looking for it, and and hopefully wins the night. Um, they can they can get out, get have a good warm up, get used to the surroundings. Probably most of them haven't played in Turles. It's a bit different again. The pitch there, look, class. Probably the best surface in Ireland for for that. So look, it's fantastic. I'm really jealous that that I'm not getting to walk on it again. Like, but um, 
look, it's great. It's fantastic that we're able to talk about this tonight, um, about a Munster final to look forward to. And hopefully, and you might check it out beforehand, but I don't think the back extensions are still there in Turles. Maybe they are, but... We'll go down and pull them down. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I'll, bring down a, I'll bring down a roll of string. I'll take down the, the extension. I'll put up a roll of string. Yeah, have a chat with the, the umpires before the match. Uh, you'll you'll be the bear on the sideline anyway, I'm sure, for all decisions, not just not just the ones for their goals and points. Yeah, you'll probably hear it. I'll probably be roaring and screaming. That's true. That's true. But, but look, Stephen, um, thanks for coming on. Um, keep up the good work as a doctor. Keep minding those young lads and um, keep. I'm sure I was going to say keep Andy Cam, but he seems and Kevin they seem to be level headed, and it's it's following through to the team at the minute. They really seem to have. Their shoulder, head on their shoulders, and they're they're in a good place. And hopefully, Wednesday mm. night they can perform. That's the big thing that they turn up and they perform. That's the thing. Um, a good performance. Yeah, it has That's to be. Yeah, uh, you know, it really it needs to be. It's important. Yeah, you know. Listen, thanks, Luz. Okay, mind yourself.